0: Blog Talk Radio Yeah.
1: Yeah
2: And if you guys are looking for us, it is us. Welcome to Third Wave Radio, the podcast where it's And now your host, crisis seventy three in AnCAP Dalek. Yeah, keep
0: keep this conversation going. This is fascinating. Um Shadow D X S and AnCAP Dalek talking about uh uh, Porting uh, Ubuntu onto uh, Windows 8.1, um, and Dalek, I forget what other operating system you have, um, and and how to go about that. And uh, quite frankly, I was about about to learn something. So, um, go ahead, Shadow.
2: Well, uh, it's, it's
3: Linux Mint is a bit more uh, user friendly in the regards of aesthetics go. It, you can get the Mate version of it. And Mate is just a desktop environment that is kind of similar to how um, Windows does things with their taskbars and shit. So if you're wanting to get acquainted with Linux and not be too scared as to, you know, try to figure it out and click certain things and poke and prod and try to understand the OS, it might be a bit easier for you when you transition to Linux. Now, if you try Ubuntu, they're just going to throw their Unity... Um, desktop environment at you, and it's completely different from anything that you've ever used on Windows. So, the transition may be a little rough, and you might have a lot more questions.
2: Well, from what I've known about, like, uh, Ubuntu, it's kind of like more of a uh, X version, kind of like uh, what Apple has.
3: Kind of? Well, not really. Okay, the only real difference between OSX and uh, Ubuntu, it's not just the software that it runs. It has to do with their kernel, both of which are based off of Unix, but the Linux kernel on Ubuntu is more universally friendly with a lot of open source technologies. The uh, Darwin kernel that OSX runs is completely different. They have completely different interfaces. They have completely different methodologies for mounting software packages and installing packages and things like that. OSX is designed to be made for stupid people in mind, and Ubuntu tries to follow suit, making making their namesake something worthwhile because Ubuntu itself translates to be more human or to be human-like. But uh, if you're wanting to come from a transition of Windows, like Windows 7 or Windows 8, um, honestly, Linux Mint with Mate running on it would be a better solution for you because it'll give you... um, It'll still just... It'll be everything that Ubuntu is, but with an easier-to-use interface that will make things more, you know, easy to understand for you.
0: Alex, you still with us?
2: That.
0: That is- uh, Shadow, I have a question for you. Um, sure. Why did, wh- wh- why, did they, why did Microsoft decide to dumb down Windows 8.1 so much?
2: Well, uh, Windows and, and 8
0: UI so unfriendly.
3: Windows 8 tried to take a new direction to merge their mobile and tablet line with their desktop environment, and uh-huh. They tried to make 8 uh, a universal interface that could be found on all platforms, whether it was Xbox, Windows Mobile, or uh, Windows RT. So they gave everybody these Metro tiles that were designed to give users the same type of experience they had on their phones, with all of their shit right there. As soon as they turned on the computer, they could see the weather and whatever right there on the fucking screen. Um, in order to kind of make up for that, when they did the update to Windows 8.1, they gave people back their stupid little start button, but you have to like right-click it or whatever, or you can get, you know, third-party applications that emulate that start button. And they made it so that way you can have a desktop mode and completely skip the Metro user interface. That was their entire solution to it, was to hide their software that they had made for the front end of the OS. and. It's just been one big embarrassment after the next. People are suggesting that Windows 9, if and when it does come out, uh, I'm believe, I believe the rumors are speculated for 2016. But when Windows 9 does come out, they're supposed to take it back to the traditional standard of what everybody's using, but with a metro hybrid in some of the user, part, the user interface uh, parts. Um, the goal in mind, from what I understand, is to give people... Uh, more functionality with their desktop. So, in my opinion, Windows is fucking dying out. The only reason that people still use 7 and XP is because it's a powerhouse OS. It's friendly with drivers, and it runs more proprietary software than other operating systems can due to its market that it has.
0: Ah. However,
3: the market for Windows is slowly shrinking as Linux is taking over and Apple is also growing. So more support for open platforms like Linux and uh, parts of OSX are starting to come out. You'll start to see that Steam, uh, the, company, uh, the game platform from Valve, they, um, they have been coming out with more Linux-friendly games, such as Civilization Five or Team Fortress 2, very popular titles as well due to the fact that they have their own Steam OS, which is based on Linux and sits on top of the Linux kernel. So now that the open source environment is starting to grow, more and more people are starting to realize we don't have to use Windows anymore, and Linux isn't just for nerds anymore. And yes, uh, you can actually Skype on it, um, Sol. It's not that I difficult. Mean,
0: yeah, I mean, Linux is 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 user-friendly and, um, accessible enough now where there's, I mean, there are even government,
3: uh, uh, entity. government's been using Linux since like the early 2000s, even, you know, um, I mean, Red Hat has always been a great option for a lot of, uh, government users. Unfortunately, CentOS is also used in a lot of, you know, low-end government servers that do stupid shit. Um, you know, the World, it's, is, uh,
0: the World Bank is about to start using Linux,
3: and that's uh, probably the dumbest thing yeah. ever because they have a lot of support for Windows out there as far as security goes. Windows has been stepping up in the in the the realm of of, of security. Granted, there's still a great deal of fucking viruses and and exploits and vulnerabilities that are found on Windows operating systems. However. Individual users can tighten security very easily on those things. When it comes to migration to Linux, it can be very difficult to adapt. You have to hire new people. You have to bring in new practices and policies, and updating your entire system can be one of could be one of the most potentially damaging things that you ever do.
0: So, boy, I wish we had this conversation last week. That's I might have done that to. Uh. I, I was running, uh, and uh, sorry, this is a little dry, but I've actually wanted. I've been, I was running uh mountain lion or whatever, and I have parallels. I switched um, to Mavericks, and then within two weeks, my shit just is done. It's finished. Wow. And that's, that's do you think upgrading might have just crashed my hard drive?
3: Well, not necessarily. It sounds to me like your issue is software related, not hardware related. Yeah, and I, I don't mean
0: to solicit you for uh, computer advice on the radio, um, but I, I no, would, no just, it's, it's fine. And your answer about why Microsoft eight point one looks like it is probably the clearest answer I've gotten about why, because that makes sense. I mean, for um, for you know, from a company standpoint, if you want to. Make it so um, your, you know, the look of your of your devices and your brand is a, is uh, you know the same across all platforms, whether you're on a you know a, a tablet or a, a desktop or a laptop or even television now, right? Right. Uh,
3: so I mean, even familiar- Apple Apple's even doing that shit. Look at OS X and look at uh, iOS. They're trying to merge how the user interface looks when you open up app drawers and shit, and you fucking go into notifications and things like that, they're trying to give people that sense of familiarity. Bleh, familiarism, can't speak. Anyways, yeah. what I think that their approach on how they're trying to make these things merge into one is a terrible way. You can't do it from just the, uh, the aesthetics department. You have to go beyond that into the software compatibility, which is what I'm trying to do, by incorporating the power of Linux as an entire distribution, import it, cross compile it to Android, so you have a truly mobile experience in the palm of your hand that also runs a desktop experience, experience uh, as far as software compatibility goes.
2: Huh. I mean, now
0: we talked about this for a second before the show. Uh, that sounds like a, a pretty in, exciting endeavor.
3: I, I would like to think so. I mean, I, I, if this does catch popularity, does take on, and people start using the project that I push out, this could evolve how it is that we as a society use uh, this type, uh, our, mobile t- our mobile technology may help us blur the lines between desktop and mobile, and if that takes place, we could eventually migrate away from the desktop as a standard for computing processing. Like, uh, I now have the ability to run the Android SDK on an actual Android device, thanks to the fact that Dalvik is already installed on here. Uh, Dalvik is Google's uh, answer to Java, um, and it's their way of bouncing around Java's licensing fees. So I can already run the Android SDK natively on an Android device and push files and synchronize and make an Android backups by connecting an OTG cable to my Android and plugging it up into another Android.
0: A little background here. Um, like, even before I knew Shadow from kind of the circles we run in, I followed you basically for Android stuff, um, and that's kind of how I got into computers. Um, so it hasn't been that long. Um, really? So is, yeah. So this is, uh, uh, I, mean, I mean, you know, I still have a functioning uh, Droid 1 that I got. Um, completely by chance, I went in to, like, replace my flip phone, and some kid and his mom were in the Verizon store in Montpelier, Vermont, and she was giving the Verizon guy the third degree because I'd let the kid buy the droid on her account, and he was like, fuck, man, I can't do anything. So he sold it to me for 100 bucks, Dude, I could barely word process at the time. So this nice. is interesting this is exciting stuff. And, you know, like I approached, you know, um, this whole thing from Android and from mobile technology and then um, got into sort of did the, uh, you know, the more traditional uh, established side of it. Um, so, I mean, and, and, and what you're talking about, I mean, regardless of, of what, what platform, and if somebody shitty like Microsoft designs it or or somebody bright and innovative like you designs it, we will run everything from these brains. That's true. You know, I mean, mean, right now we're exploring technology that, you know, you can run an 800-acre farm from your Android, Um, you know, with GPS Automated tractors uh sprint, everything you can do everything um, so I'm with you as far as like I, you know I think this is the the, the future of the interface at least between screen until we graduate from from this uh sort of this screen co- uh construct or
3: stuffing. um
0: so mm-hmm. i'm I'm excited to hear you talk about stuff like this man.
3: Thanks, man. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be a long daunting task for a project, but, um, you know, as I make slow progression, I, I just, I slowly build up, uh, you know, inspiration from this because I mean, it's, it's a pain in the ass when you try a thousand different methods to try to get something to work and it fails constantly and it can really, really depress you and frustrate you. And, when you finally figure out the 1001 method that allows you to actually get it to work, and even if it doesn't work all the way, you made a small step, and it's just it, – it really can brighten your day and change your entire disposi- uh, change your entire uh, position on, on the subject.
0: Well, it, it sounds like you might have just, like, hit 1001 because, I mean, you know, I've known you for a minute, and you you can – You can be pretty low key and sometimes cynical, but you sound like you're in great spirits.
3: I'm. I I did make an interesting discovery today with telephony software. Um, Basically, Google Hangouts updated their Google Play—I mean, uh, Google Voice-related shit through their Hangouts APK file, and um, it kind of broke some experimental software I was working on, which caused my Moto X to go. eh, I'm gonna take a nap. Deal with it. So yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually able to incorporate the technology that I had been working on and allow Google Voice to become integrated with it. I had to do a couple of quick tweaks, and once I got past the, the error that I was getting, my radio seemed to work just fine, and I was able to still make phone calls. But uh, essentially it's allowing me to make high-definition audio calls um, at 32 kilobits a second, as opposed Dang. to standard definition phone calls. Wow. Yeah. Dang. And now I can even I can also now do that through Google voice thanks to my initial failure turned success.
0: Fuck yeah. Well, I mean it's, it is apparent in, in in your voice. And all right, and here's a general question for for Dalek as well. Um mm-hmm. like like I just said like Shadow, you're a pretty mellow dude. Um, what you're, what you're doing right now, you know, will require, um, um, you know, some, um, publication or, or like some sort of, uh, you know, angle where people know about what you're doing what you're developing, um, like how, how, how. How do you go about when you're somebody who can get so focused in in their work um, and coding, programming, reworking a problem, you know, hundreds of times, getting the same solution, which is wrong, and then finally breaking through? How do you promote what you're doing? Um, Well, there's there's several
3: ways to do this in the open source community. Um, There's a plethora of websites that allow free hosting for developers and shit like that. One of them is GitHub. Um, GitHub is a great platform for uploading open source and free software that's license free, doesn't have any fucking bullshit attached to it. Um, when Darkside and Darkside CC are completed, and that's Darkside Cross Compile, um, I will be uploading both uh, images to GitHub as well as on my personal servers for Darkside.net. And, uh, you know, obviously I'll be putting it on a website called DistroWatch which has been around for like fucking ages now. It's essentially a website that announced that people can announce new distributions of Linux or Unix or BSD or whatever the fuck it is that they have. It's open source. Um, there's thousands of different variants of Linux, different flavors to choose from. Um, it's why I love this community so fucking much is that even if it's the exact same software, somebody has found a way to do something different and think in a different fashion than somebody else. You know, there's, there's not just one set way to solve problems. And the community, even though they can be assholes at times, they're really great for helping pull ideas together and troubleshooting things. I mean, you can take it to developing communities like XDA forums with your Android issues and say, look, I found this bug. I'm not sure what to do. Can anybody assist me? And people will point you in the right direction. People will help you out. People will get you started. So that way you can fix your own problems. You don't have to rely on a technician to go and unfuck something as small as the fact that you don't like the the interface of Twitter's uh, new updated version. So you want to roll back to a previous APK file or something small like that.
0: Right. Exactly. I mean, it, and it it I, it is like Linux. It does. Um, you know, it's it is. I mean, it's it's bigger than. Um, just, a, you know, a shell to run out. It's bigger than software. Um, you know, you mentioned the open source community, um, you know, and that's encouraging to me because I think that, that open source probably will hopefully, if, I think if we have our way, be, uh, you know, a big part of how uh, um, good technology and, and good innovation comes forth um, and its track record is already starting to speak for itself. Um, the amount of iteration of of, of different um, versions of linux and, and different ways you can port them in different shells um, yeah man it's it's a great it's a great community, and I kind of lurk on the side of it um, you know on Android forums and stuff like that. Um, you know what here a specific question about Android that, that some people um, may be asking because a lot of people ask me, and I really have no idea, is um, a, what is a ROM? Um, and B, what what do you use to flash ROMs? Do you use like a, like casual or what casual or like Kindall? Do you use your own your own software?
3: Well, Okay, first off, to answer the first part of your question, a ROM originally stands for uh, read-only memory, which is uh, essentially the Android operating system itself packed into something called a RAM disk. Separate images, like the boot image and and various other images uh, that allow Android to be installed on a compatible device with either a locked or unlocked bootloader, um, that's essentially what a ROM is broken down into, is the actual operating system, as well as the customized uh, software that's inside of it. Now, different carriers and different uh, manufacturers have different methods for flashing ROMs. Now, when it comes to proprietary software, like uh, Samsung's Odin, that's great for Samsung devices with locked bootloaders that you can only flash certain software to, as far as, you know, say the ROM itself for baseband, radio files, uh, bootloader unlocks, all kinds of things. HTC um, doesn't necessarily have their own flashing software for all of their devices, but they do have a developer site where you can unlock the bootloader of certain things and use the Android SDK to open up the bootloader a bit further and gain something known as F-Off, which unprotects the... uh, the actual kernel that's on uh, the device, like, say, the HTC One XL or uh, the M7 or the M8, which are very popular devices. They're X brand, if you will, or Moto Ones, or excuse me, uh, HTC One. As far as custom flashing goes, there's a few options that are out there. One, you have Clockwork Recovery mod which is a very popular and old method for flashing ROMs for the majority of Android devices out there. However, recently, within the past couple of years, we have had the pleasure of Team Win Recovery Project coming out, and that was a phenomenal breakthrough when it came for customization of flashing packages, including ROMs or modifications and things like that, to your Android device. Um, If you have Roots and you have an unlocked bootloader or something that you can you know, if you have the ability to flash a custom recovery manager, that will greatly increase your chances of being able to install custom ROMs or modifications to your operating system. Now, the reason why you have to flash instead of just being able to install an APK file is, again, because of that RAM disk. It has to be unpacked, and the files have to be added, properly aligned, and they also have to uh, have their permissions set and then the RAM disk gets packed up again, and then the operating system gets to boot. And once that takes place, it'll optimize the new files. Or if it's a brand new ROM, it'll do its first uh, first time boot. And thus, you'll be presented with a new modified version of your operating system.
0: Cute. Great answer. I, I have a Samsung Note 2. It's rooted. Um, I had three or four full-blown panic attacks. Uh, I got it pretty close to when it came out, um, and as you probably well know, uh, Samsung um, has the ability, and I think now it's a, on the Note 3 and 4, it's a read-only uh, bootloader checker or whatever you call it, but if, if you unlock that bootloader, um, Samsung was able to add um, an extra layer of security, I guess, to their phone or to their What network. you're
3: referring to is called Knox. It's Samsung Knox. And basically, it's got the ability to have a flash counter inside to see how many times you flashed uh, files to your phone. Unfortunately for Samsung, uh, hackers from the XDA community on xda-developers.com found a way to bypass the Knox security and the flash counter that was on the Samsung Note 3 and uh, the Samsung Galaxy S3 uh, that was recently released, as well as the Note, uh, I give the a quick, S4, a quick
0: plug to uh, Adam Outler, who I'm, I'm sure you know. He came up. I think he he was the first one, at least for Verizon, because I'm on Verizon. He was the, he was the one who came up with no fuck you Verizon. Which is what I finally used um to flash my samsung and get uh, a a truly rooted, rooted phone without a locked bootloader um, and and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh um he's part of that x d a community adam outler um, um, I, you know i i I don't know him, but I've followed him uh on x d a on you know since he had a, a droid. And um, so he came up with this program, Casual, um, that uh, capital C-A-S-U-A-L. And if you have a Samsung 3 or 4, I think it still works. Shadow, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, to unlock your bootloader and and root it. Um, Probably
3: for the Samsung uh, Galaxy S4 and the Note 3 that may still work so long as the device is not on AT&T or Verizon. Um, If you guys want some friendly advice about American uh, cell companies, um, the best ones out there to go for um, may not be the ones that advertise the most. If you're able to get your hands on a T-Mobile device or a GSM Unlocked device, go with that route. AT&T and Verizon specifically have been... Going out of their way to lock down these bootloaders. I know with the Samsung Galaxy S4 on AT&T, if you have the the last three digits of your baseband, read M F three or M B three and M F three. Those are both Verizon and AT&T's uh, bootloaders that are locked indefinitely. Nobody they have a bounty on XDA that if you can get them unlocked, you'll get money. Nobody has been able to claim it that I know of. Um, somebody did find a patch for one of the older versions, and it was called, I think, the Loki patch. Um, that was great for a lot of the people who used it. But you want to stay away from Samsung and Motorola and HTC products on Verizon and uh, AT&T specifically. If you have the Dude, ability, that is, to... that
0: is such great information right there, um, Dalek. If you, if you can tweet right now. Uh, get the last three numbers of the of the of the product code that he just um, read. Because if you're an Android uh, guy and you're looking for or girl and you're looking for a new phone, um, stay away from AT and T and definitely stay away from Verizon. How do how so do Samsung and AT and T and Verizon work together to add these like redundant you know uh, boot unlocker counters? Like how does well, that work?
3: Here's here's the thing. Samsung was approached by both AT&T and Verizon saying that they wanted to ensure that their customers were able to have uh, a genuine experience with their devices and they wanted to make sure that they weren't getting tampered with. So that way, people weren't coming up to customer support all the time trying to get support for these tampered devices. Right. So they tried. They tried to play this card off as, uh, well, you know, people are are damaging their phones. We want to prevent them from doing that. Can we lock them out? And Samsung said, sure, we can keep the bootloaders locked for you. And AT and T and Verizon went, you know what? As somebody who works closely with the National Security Agency, this sounds like a fantastic idea.
0: Definitely.
3: So and, and to, and if,
0: I mean in the, in the Android community when the Samsung uh that uh, whatever line the Note 2 was in the the one I used when um it came out and you know people went to something like super one click root or uh, one of these yeah. sort of automated root and locked their bootloader and soft-bricked their phone they were running back to the Verizon store and and okay. uh there in the Android community, there was a lot of sort of hey, you know what? If you fucking soft break your phone, work through it, and get on XDA, get on the forum, figure out how to fix it. Don't run back to
3: the fucking manufacturer and demand your money back. Yeah, uh, here's you know, here's the really messed up part about this: Google themselves don't really give a shit about root users. I mean, in fact, they uh, they now have uh, AOSP ROMs out there that have uh, the functionality to toggle root. It's only on some devices, but it's uh, it's Google's way of saying, we don't really care about modifications. This is a vanilla operating system experience. We want you to do whatever it is that you want to do with it. We want you to feel comfortable, which is why you don't see Google really pushing too hard to remove root applications from the Play Store. In fact, they kind of help bump them up a bit and say, yeah, we'll promote this. Go ahead. So. If anybody goes out and tries to blame Google for their phone not being able to be rooted or have an unlocked bootloader, you can suck a dick, it's the manufacturer. If you want quality products that allow you to customize your experience any way you want, you might want to look towards the Nexus line or developer-grade phones that have unlockable bootloaders. Do research on your devices before you pay for them. Look to see what kind of hardware specs are coming inside of the phones, and don't just look at the camera. Go into the internals and see how much RAM the thing has, what type of processor it has. Do research. Try to understand the in the ins and outs of your device before you make an investment so powerful behind like a phone.
0: And, and, and it is. I mean, it really. i mean That's a well said, and I I couldn't agree more. And it, I mean, it it really is. I mean, and I hate to be sound like I'm I'm, you know, sort of proselytizing um, a, a brand, but it is an investment. Um, and if, if you, you work in um, an industry where, you know, you need to be able to communicate quickly and concisely and, uh, find, you know, find things that, that you don't have at the top of your head quickly, then, then you should research it. What, 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 is, what is going on with uh, the iPhone, iPhone platform? Holy Um, shit. Oh, my God. Okay. New big one?
3: Okay. iPhone's release this year was, in my opinion, an astronomical failure on their part. And here's why I say this. Steve Jobs absolutely hated the idea of bigger phones. He thought that they were just a gimmick and they were asinine. And the one thing that iPhone had was a uniform design And they made slow uh, increasing sizes throughout each generation of the device. They originally focused on speed and functionality and longevity of battery. That was their main three things that they were working on. But as the market started to expand and grow and bigger devices came out, 1080p resolution, 2K resolution, 4G LTE started to roll out, NFC capability started to roll out. Apple fell behind the ball. They weren't being as innovative as they wanted to be, and they weren't number one anymore. When Android took over 80% of the global market spectrum, Apple went, well, fuck. This is a Microsoft all over again. So when they released the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6 Plus, they essentially said, all right, here's what you get. Touch ID is in both of the devices. You get a bigger display. One is the size of a Nexus 4. The other one's the size of a Samsung Galaxy Note 2. They both have NFC. They still have LTE. You have the option to go up to 128 gigs because no other device is coming out with that much internal storage, and that's our little fuck you to the rest of the world. And you still get the same shitty camera that you had on the last one, but now it kind of protrudes a little bit to add some stupid fucking effect you don't give a damn about.
0: So- and no, and no um, I mean... A jailbroken phone is not a rooted phone, so there's no and, – and no external SP guard.
3: Well, uh, okay. Here, here's the thing about a jailbroken iPhone. A jailbroken iPhone still allows you to access the innards of the operating system and allows you to do system-level tweaks to the, to the entire interface, the entire phone, and the functionalities of the device. In a, met- in a sense, it technically is a form of root access due to the fact that you can download an em- a terminal emulator. You can call upon the root shell by typing in the root user is root and the password is alpine. You have complete access to the entire phone. So in a sense, yes, jailbreaking is actually a method of rooting.
0: You mentioned T-Mobile earlier. Um, so... <laughs> You can buy a U.S. T-Mobile phone and um, it's locked for 30 days and then after 30 days you can pay T-Mobile to unlock it and it's global and you can use it in Europe, Asia. Um, Well,
3: that used to be the case. Um, the 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 truth of the matter is... You can purchase any phone that you want. You don't have to necessarily go through the, the company that provides service to it to get unlocked. You can go to third-party vendors and give them the IMEI number of the device and pay 15 bucks or so, and within anywhere from five minutes to 24 hours, they will have an unlock code for you. You just pop in at a, a foreign SIM card, hit the fucking code, and bam, you're done. Um huh. T-Mobile is great for keeping their devices open as far as allowing people to uh, have unlockable bootloaders and shit. For example, the Moto X, if you purchase it from AT&T or Verizon, the bootloader is locked. However, with every other carrier around the world, it's unlocked. And it has the ability to be fully unlocked via the customer by going to their their dev site, getting a simple token using the Android SDK to flash the token to the phone and allow the OEM unlock command to be succeeded. And if you want that feature on AT&T or Verizon, you have to pay an additional $100 or so to get what's called the developer edition of the device.
0: Uh So,
3: T-Mobile flat out said, we don't give a shit. If you want to root your phones, root your phones. You want to unlock the bootloaders, that's your fucking problem. If you're smart enough to do it, you should be smart enough to fix it when it messes up. Yeah, But why why I like T-Mobile so much isn't just because I get decent coverage in Tucson. This company is trying to break down the barriers of carriers, in a sense. They have essentially said, fuck it, we don't care about contracts anymore. If you want service, pay us fucking money, and you can have service. If you want upgrades, come get them whenever you want. It's a down payment, and then you pay X amount of dollars per month and it's not that much. It's like $12, $15 for a high-valued fucking flagship phone, depending on your credit, of course. So if you trade in your old phone that is already paid off, they will take that amount off of what the phone is worth to the new phone. There's no waiting for a year or two years to upgrade to some new fucking phone that you don't really give a shit about and you can only get because it was that time for the upgrade to come out. You can do it whenever you want. Their jump program is phenomenal. And here's the best thing of all. T-Mobile is one of the only carriers here in the U.S. that really promotes Wi-Fi calling as best as they do. And when I was mentioning earlier about HD audio calling, 32 kilobits a second, they do that shit for all of their customers with Wi-Fi-enabled phones. They offer that as a free feature. And they have now pushed out these new routers that you can purchase called a Personal Cell Spot. And it's coming out on the 17th of September. Essentially, if you're a T-Mobile user, you can plug this up into your house and get five bars of LTE or five bars of calling anywhere in your house, basement, attic, just outside, doesn't matter. So essentially, for 25 bucks, you could boost the quality of your phone calls and text messages and make sure that you don't miss jack shit even when you're in a fucking area that has no service whatsoever, Dude,
0: have you figured out how to tether off of that?
3: Actually, yeah, I have. They uh, they allot you five gigabytes a month. But uh, when I was in Vegas, they didn't charge me a single dime because I used well over five gigs. <laughs> but uh, my phone still read 0.0 gigs out of five gigs of tethering used, even though I was siphoning off LTE like a fucking cunt.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm being a little selfish here, but, um, you know... It, There'll be a lot of people who download this show talk about tethering. You know, there people get awfully confused about tethering. What's Wi-Fi tethering, USB tethering? Talk about that for a second.
3: Well, okay. Basically, your phone has the ability to turn into a Wi-Fi hotspot. A lot of people know that. It's something new. Carriers offer it. It even comes with a little stupid application that you could tap on the phone and turn your phone into a little mini router. Well, before all that was mainstream and the companies started figuring out they could charge motherfuckers extra a month for it, um, we had the option to tether our phones, which essentially is we can either connect our phones to our computers via USB and share the Internet connection as a modem from our phone to our computers, or we can connect it via Wi-Fi by setting up our own Wi-Fi hotspot and just using the regular data connection. A third option that we had was also using Bluetooth, but back in the day, Bluetooth 3.0 and below was really fucking slow. So not a lot of people talk about that too much, but there are ways to circumvent your carriers and still get tethering for absolutely fucking free. It pisses off a lot of these carriers. T-Mobile doesn't really give a shit. They say if you want five gigs, you know it's free on your, your plan. If you want anything above that, we charge you 20 bucks and most people will take that offer because most people don't use 5 gigs of data on their tethering but if you're someone like me occasionally likes to travel occasionally loses internet access due to whatever fucking reason it's really great you know i can sit there and pay as my uh, pay my cell phone company as my actual internet service provider when i got kicked out of my uh, my girlfriend's house in like 2011 2012 i uh I moved into an apartment over by the beach and um, I used... I lived off of my phone's internet access, essentially. I mean, I had a neighbor that was willing to let me use his Wi-Fi, but unfortunately he was too far away for me to connect to it properly all the time. I had to go stand in a fucking corner by the stairs and shit. So I would use my USB tethering connection because USB is faster than Wi-Fi was. You know, especially with USB 3.0 nowadays, if you've got a Samsung Galaxy Note 3 or... Four with the USB 3.0 port and you plug it into a compatible computer, you can tether some pretty fucking fast speeds if you got a big enough fucking stack of bars.
2: Nice.
0: If you dance straight, you can. not
3: I mean, we're talking over 65 megabits a second here, which is better than most rural fucking areas that offer ESL, internet access.
0: Did your phone have to be rooted to to um, to tether these days?
3: It depends on the phone. I'm going to say nine times out of ten, yes, it does. However, most phones that come out in these markets here in the U.S. and even in Europe, they're rootable. So it's not really a huge issue.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, do you use like a, a tethering app, like a mod tethering app, or have you written your own code for? Oh, dude, uh,
3: I, I've, I've been working with a ROM called Dirty Unicorns for a while. and Dirty Unicorns? Yeah, they're yeah, fucking
2: fantastic. That's great. That's a great name. Um, yeah, absolutely.
3: Uh, anyways, Dirty Unicorns, uh, it's a cherry pick ROM, which means there's hundreds of fucking features, customizable toggles, left and right, all built into the system's uh, settings. So you don't have to really download a lot of extra shit. Um However, back in the day, I had written my own uh, mod to the settings APK, which allowed me to toggle USB and Wi-Fi tethering in the actual system settings. I also did the same thing for transparency before uh, Paranoid Android came out with their little hybrid UI shit where you could slide through fucking toggles and shit for the the status bar and all that crap to have transparency. It's one of the things that I'm addicted to is a glass-like look. If my shit's not all written black because I'm a fucking emo little faggot apparently, then I've got nothing but transparent windows for days. And, you know, I've I've blown people away with uh with just the aesthetics of my phone alone. I'm constantly tinkering with shit, constantly fucking with stuff. And whenever I pull out my phone, it's always a conversation piece. You know, your phone is, is obviously a part of you. It's an extension of you, a tool. Like any other thing like fork or screwdriver, doesn't matter. How you use it depends on what type of experience that you'll get out of it. If you take good care of your operating system, you take good care of the hardware, you don't go intentionally throwing it against the wall because you can't beat flappy bird then <laughs> your phone you know
2: your phone will actually do
3: you some fucking good over the years, but if you don't give a shit about root, you don't give a shit about maintaining your operating system. You're going to have a bad time. You're going to experience lags. You're going to experience, you know, sluggish fucking behavior, graphic tearing, all kinds of terrible shit that make people go, oh, I really want a new phone. That's how these OEMs get you. They will sit there and tell you, oh, you have to get our brand new device because it's like a fucking thousand times faster than the old shit. Well, what they don't tell you is if you clean up the old shit every once in a while, it still runs like the new shit. How
0: do you how, how, when you when you clean your phone? You're like okay, um, and of course y- your level of cleaning will be different than the layman. Do you go in like through through your, a root browser
3: and go in and clean out your your cache files?
0: Uh, Dude, I've
2: like been known to
3: sit there, I've been I've been known to sit there and cherry pick out each and every single thing that I want to have removed from my device to alleviate bullshit. To me, anything that's larger than, say, a thousand kilobytes, it's got to go. And that may sound, you know, really stupid to you guys, but when your phone only has four, eight, or sixteen gigs of internal storage, and it doesn't have a, a micro SD slot, you know, it can be a real pain in the ass. But, yeah.
0: And and, and again, I'd like just to reemphasize what you said about, I mean, it, you know, I. Phones are no different than uh, cars, like, these days as far as um, tinkering and, and hobbing and having fun, if, if that's your bag. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, like, when you say my phone's a conversation piece and shit, like, I'm, I, you know, I'm uh, a clockwork uh, clockwork mod, those guys, side mods. <laughs> like, um, I love the way my phone looks, man. And it is it is a conversation piece, and I don't have um, you know a seventy five thousand uh, dollar Corvette, but I I do have a pretty badass phone, um, and I think that I think that's cool. You recognize that, and uh, quite frankly, I don't think I make any any uh, uh, bones about the fact I'm a little absent minded, and uh, you know this this thing is uh, my brain. I've, enbra- I've embraced the singularity. Um, it will come. It's inevitable. Um, you know, and, uh, it, you know, th- as much as you know about about this stuff, um, you know, you're ahead of the curve. And uh, like, like I said, I think we will be running everything. I mean, Already, people walk into homes. Right, they pull the phone out. They adjust all the settings in their house. They turn on the stereo. Um, We have car starters in Vermont that you can turn your car on with your phone. Um, You know, obviously for business reference, Um, and I I think it's like where, where. Phones are going. The security, Verizon, AT and T, locking bootloaders.
2: We own these
0: devices. We pay a lot of money for them. Um, we work really hard for that money. There are devices. Um, yeah. So fucking Something, bless I, you for keeping them free.
3: Yeah, man. That's that's what I do. I just I I fucking love open source software to begin with. The fact that the baseline of my fucking OS that I'm running is powered by an open source initiative makes me want to do more for the community that I take so much from. I try to give back. Now, to touch base with something that you mentioned before about how people go, as soon as they get into their house, they adjust things like radios and shit. Um, I actually use my Android to control a lot of functions here at my desk. And granted, the entire house is a different thing, and... It is possible to do as far as, you know, connecting your equipment to the Internet of Things. But I'm a huge fan of near-field communication or NFC technology in short. I've got NFC tags sitting on my desk that do different things and will tell my network to do different things as well. For example, say I come home from work. As soon as I get home, I put my phone on my desk right where I like to charge it, and there's an NFC tag sitting right there on my desk where I do that. As soon as my phone comes in contact with the NFC tag, my Wi-Fi is instantly turned on and connects to the certain SSID that I have pre-programmed in there. It instantly connects to my wireless network, and as soon as my wireless network detects that my phone is on there, it runs several scripts on multiple computers to instantly start up things, like my biggest TV monitor that I've got is like a 40-something-inch uh, TV. Um, I'll have that pop-up tweet deck on one window and weather on another and daily events and shit like that. Others will bring up current lists of uh, project bugs that I'm working on. Um, you know, It'll bring up uh, all of my clients for SSH and SFTP and shit like that. So different computers will do different things. And as soon as I sit my fat ass down at my desk, my desk is now waiting for me to respond, and I don't have to sit there and do all this innocuous bullshit.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's like stuff. that's future stuff. Now, uh, how does NFC work differently from
3: Bluetooth? Well, okay. NFC and Bluetooth aren't exactly that different. However, NFC is a physical-based touch technology where it's kind of like RFID or um, radio frequency identification. Essentially, you have a magnetic strip that is encoded with, uh, with data, and you take your antenna on your phone, which is essentially located in the back of most devices, or if you're an Apple fag, it's now located at the top of your fucking device, because Apple's just got to be fucking different. Fucking faggots. <laughs> but essentially, when an NFC tag is detected on a phone, the phone can be pre-programmed through either third-party software or the Android's operating system, To do certain tasks you can make you can actually get blank NFC tags off the internet they're pretty fucking excuse me they're pretty fucking cheap and you can program these tags and write data to the tags that tell it to do shit and in combination with root-based programs like Tasker you can code custom events line-by-line as to what the fuck it's supposed to do you can pre-program and assign activities and tell your phone hey this NFC tag just touched my ass I'm gonna go jump on Wi-Fi now.
2: <laughs> nice. So, so um, that
3: that's
0: like bump technology, right? Like, I mean, that, that I mean, that's kind of like the
3: kind the, of bump used Bluetooth back in the day in order to do that shit. But NFC, you can translate, you can transfer shit from NFC, and it will open up Bluetooth. Basically, how Android Beam works. Oh, okay. You take two phones, tap their asses together. And they go, hey, whoa, 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 somebody's butt just bumped into me. What do you want to do? And your phone will say, would you like to beam whatever the fuck it is that you're looking at to this person? And your screen will shrink down, and then you poke your screen, and then it will transmit whatever the fuck it is that you're looking at, say like a website or an application you downloaded or a song or whatever, and it will send it to the other motherfucker, and they can have the option to enjoy the exact same content that you are. And it's lightning fast. It doesn't take any fucking bullshit. You can go walk up to posters with NFC technology, slap your phone against the wall, touch it, and then suck out whatever information is on that poster.
0: All right. I'm being really selfish here. Um, is augmented reality
3: technology
0: dead? Like, is NFC... Oh, dead? no, it's
3: not. I'm actually... I have a side project for AR. I fucking love augmented reality. I've got a great idea for that, that, that shit. Work, do like?
0: I do too. I love it.
3: Dude... Check this out. Imagine a world where you had something that wasn't as gay-looking as Google Glass. I'm talking just standard-sized glasses that had really, really tiny, tiny uh, lenses and LEDs behind them that could project small things. And imagine that type of technology in your car's windshield and shit. Imagine driving down the road, and you've got cameras in the front of your car, that are constantly looking for certain tags like QR codes or certain shapes or whatever and imagine having a bunch of your friends with these tags that they can place a uh, different uh... different parts of town drive through the town you pick up a tag and your windshield starts displaying shit that says things like hey there's a party over at Tim's house at eight o'clock um... if you want to go just text this and then have your phone pick pick up on that kind of information and pre-type in the text, yay or nay. I Dude, I'd buy that. I, I, you know, I'm,
0: I make no bones about parting. I would buy that. That is genius.
2: That would be great. You know, I mean, For, uh... I, I,
0: love, I love augmented reality, too. I mean, you know, where I live up in the hills and stuff, it's not so useful, but when I go to the city,
3: I actually use it. If you guys ever get the chance... If you have a Nintendo, I think, 3DS or a PlayStation Vita, play with the augmented cards that they give you. They are fucking awesome games. I mean, I have a PS Vita, and I think I know, um, Dalek, you've got a a Vita, right?
2: Yeah, i got a Vita 2000. Uh, I actually do play with the AR cards.
3: They're fucking awesome games, aren't they? You get to use your own fucking reality and you get to interact with the world in a much more different fucking way. That's the only way I've ever seen a, table, uh, a fucking coffee table be that fucking interesting in my life is when I put that soccer card game down and fucking did the stupid scan and went through the fucking bullshit to go through it, and then this fucking soccer stadium comes up out of nowhere and I'm able to interact with these little faggots everywhere I go. That shit was fucking awesome.
0: Dude, that is so fucking cool. So, well, wait, what what system are you guys talking about? PlayStation and Vita?
3: Yeah, PS, Vita, and Nintendo 3DS. They okay. both okay. use augmented reality uh, video games. And wow. I want to see more developers come out with augmented technology because everybody's kind of doing this whole fucking, oh, let's do uh, you know what Oculus Rift is doing and bring back virtual reality. Fuck virtual reality. I want to see the same tree that I'm used to fucking seeing, because so that way I don't walk around a blind room looking like I'm a, a fucking brain-dead zombie. I want to see my reality <laughs> with explosions and aliens and fucking women making out with each other right in front of each other and shit. <laughs> exactly. That's great. Yeah. That is That's fucking awesome shit right there. This is where I think the future will be heading eventually. I think that once we get past the bullshit of 3D and we move into the, uh, the ideology of augmentation we will make a much more hyper-realistic version of our future, and this will allow us to do more shit. Now, imagine Linux computers powering these things. This will be phenomenal. It will allow the open source community to come out with greater technology.
0: I mean, absolutely. Um, what what uh, what games are
2: you we playing right now? I actually don't
3: you talking to me or Dalek? To you, DXS. What are you? I don't really. I don't really game? play many games. I mean, I'm. I'm. I don't own any consoles myself. I've never really been that big into games. I'm one of those people that gets focused into something whenever I do start something. So, the only games that I really play nowadays are games like Civilization four and five. Um, I'm really big into the Assassin's Creed series whenever I do have a console on hand. You know, games that. You know, they, they require a bit of thought. You know, a look before you leap type situation. If I want to go blast the heads off of people, yeah, I'll go play Halo with some friends or whatever, or maybe some Call of Duty or Battlefield or whatever. I, I personally hate first-person shooter games, but I'm kind of good at them, and my friends don't like me playing with them. Right
0: on. You're 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 too busy working on that nine hundred nine hundred ninety-nine fucking solution. Dalek, do you play any games
2: right now? Um, at the moment I'm playing Borderlands two. Um, I'm also doing like the augmented reality. Um I'm kinda of thinking of actually getting LOL. That would be a League little of what, nice. is what was the last uh, what L O L? Yeah, League of
3: Legends. L- oh, League of Legends. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I can't get into
3: those MMORPG games, man. Those things make me want to fucking stab somebody. What <laughs> yeah, about Minecraft? Right? Do you, do, are you I do guys... play Minecraft. I I I like to play with the uh, Galacticraft mod, which allows me to go up to the moon and Mars and build a space station. That's just kind of cool.
2: Yeah.
3: Thanks for like,
0: this community, I'm like a hero to my nephews because I can, like do a little mini, like, uh, script kitty hack for the Minecraft. They, you know, and they love it. Uh, yeah, it's always full, cool, man. I, I, I think Minecraft is a really, like, pretty profound uh, um, game um, and the community. Well, that's the thing. It's just the
3: sandbox. If you, sandbox games, open world games, they'll always thrive because there's always new shit to do especially right. when you open them up to the mod community out there. People will play them for generations. Look at Doom. Yeah. Doom is one of the oldest fucking FPSs out there, and people are still creating fucking uh, packs, mod packs and shit for them, making new maps, and fucking going out there and still having fun fucking almost 20-something years later.
0: Yeah, dude, Doom. That that was like my shit back in the day, man. Doom. I remember playing the first Apple Wolfenstein on a uh, Apple II C.
2: Damn! No
0: shit.
3: No shit, man. I I will admit this. I'm also still playing Pokemon, uh classic Pokemon games. So, like I I actually have a. I
0: have no idea
3: how Pokemon works. Oh, dude, it's just a, okay, it's an RPG game, you're a little character, you walk around, you talk to everybody, and you get into fights with other trainers and wild creatures. And, just like Final Fantasy, you get into a battle, and you have to fucking douche it out with some fucking asshole, and if you win, you get money, and if you don't, you get sent all the way back to the previous fucking town you were in. Anyways, there's like fucking...
0: What, what about all the, like, the Pokemon cards and stuff? Was that just, like, an offshoot of the actual game?
3: It was, because they basically were trying to promote sales and shit. And you know what? The shit fucking exploded like wildfire. Oh, man. I mean, when, was they, great. I mean when they first came out with the original 151 Pokemon, everybody's looking at this shit going, what the fuck? I can't fucking keep up with all this. But they did. They fucking, with the promotions of the card games, the video games, and the anime series... The shit went nuts.
1: It still is. Hey, am I, am I live? I mean, it's, it's still going hard. Yeah, forward. you've
2: always been live for a long time, dude.
1: Okay. Well, I, I
2: knew I was live a while ago.
1: I didn't know if you turned me off after that, because I really didn't have anything to add for a long fucking time.
2: Vino, yeah, what games do you up? play? Guitar um, Hero?
1: No, fuck no, dude. I don't even play <laughs> guitar. I'm a keyboard player, dude. They don't have keyboard fucking Hero. Or Keytar Hero. Could you imagine if they made a game Keytar Hero? They did. It's really shitty. They actually have a
3: piano game for a keyboard. It's actually not that bad.
1: Really? Do you have to play real piano or... no? Yeah, it's it's actually like a
3: full-out fucking piano and shit, and the bars will come down. It's like however many keys are on a standard keyboard, uh, you know, an actual piano. And some of these people are fucking insane.
1: Well, hell, that would be the thing to do. It's about to take a life
0: of its own. I I just want to make one comment uh, for the last hour of the show, um, and then let's just let Chaos reign. But, you know, Shadow, like, a lot of what you're talking about, um, um, and and I'll get existential for a moment here, um, and uh, Dalek, you alluded to it as well, is uh, sort of this... this, um, finding of uh, working with our hands and and uh, making things um, and and making solutions to problems without it going outside of our own uh, you know little community or whether that's just your mind or or bigger than that um, you know and, and I think that there is this disconnect between uh, people who work with their hands um, in the dirt. Uh, Why are you wind. directing this uh,
1: question at Dalek? It that, doesn't matter. I'm, I, I, I'm just I, making a I, comment to all of Oh, Okay. Yeah, well, not. I mean, I I apply to that greatly with what I do for a living. Absolutely. You know, being a
0: musician, you work with your hands, right? no, mm-hmm. no, no, no,
1: no. That's well, not where I make my money, about. dude. I make my money making granite countertops. <laughs> I take pieces of earth out of a mountain, and then I shape it into a form that fits into somebody's kitchen with walls that are not square, that are all fucked up because contractors are half-drunk when they fucking install the walls, you know? So, And I'm the guy coming in trying to put a piece of rock inside of this place, and I get it to work. So, you know, like how uh, I, there's okay, like there's was, like ancient walls and shit of stone where they're like, you can't fit a piece of paper in between these rocks because the, the rocks are so perfectly fitted together. Yeah, it's not that hard to do when you know what I you're mean,
0: doing. So, again, we're in serendipity. You, you're like reinforcing my point. Like, this move back to working with your hands, creating solutions for yourself, whether that's fitting um, a 1,500-pound granite uh, island countertop in some rich dickhead house or it's designing a workaround for um, Samsung who locked their bootloader. Um, These are the same type of work. These are like the same um, uh, type of of attention to detail, um, discipline, um ability to like work long and hard um without the expectation of um an inequitable reward um you know and and i'm i'm done prioritizing off my soapbox but uh you know something fucking something keep, to keep keep those countertops and uh jack that keep fucking keeping our our shit free man. Um
1: something to is, note from both of those things is that guess, well something to note for both of, of these things granite countertops which take physical labor which take artisan work you know careful hands steady hands um somebody who can determine the difference between a 64th of an inch and an 8th of an inch um those type of things, you know, what I'm doing, and yep. uh, computer programming, both of these things are not required to live. None of them, you can live without them, both of them. You don't really need them, you can live without them. So, the statement, I don't know, that hasn't been made all night, is that none of these things are required to be alive or to live your life to the fullest. You can live a very happy, full life without granite countertops or without a cell phone. Or a house. I mean, well, yeah, even or a house. I mean, there's people or that... A uh, yeah, okay. there's... Here's, here's my, my, my uncle was the person who worked for Microsoft, and he didn't have a car for the longest time. And he here's actually was a computer programmer. And he what just is? recently died.
3: What, what, what does any of this have to do with, with uh, what Anticrisis was talking about? I mean, he's trying to say basically that, uh, you know, he wanted to touch base on the fact that we don't really have to go outside of, you know, our little comfort zone to go get our shit repaired. You know, Why do we need our shit?
1: shit? Do we need our shit? Do we actually need our shit?
3: Yes. I'm addicted to it, and I fucking love it, and I want it, therefore I need it. Deal with it.
1: Okay. Well, that's your life. You can deal with it in your own way. Same with everybody else.
0: To play devil's advocate, I mean, you need your keyboards.
1: Do I? I mean, for example, for example, for example, just today, just today, I was out on an install and I was using a vacuum cleaner. Uh, sucking up some dust that was created from a hole that we had just drilled. And it made a particular sound. And I spent a little bit of time using this vacuum cleaner on a faucet hole that made a particular sound. And my partner who was in the field with me was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, nothing. I was just thinking how I could use this in a song somewhere. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I know, it's really weird. It's a weird sound. But, I mean, listen, and I was, like, moving the vacuum around. And I was like, I can change the pitch and the tone just from what I'm doing here. So, no, the answer is no. You can make music from anything. I can just sing without any goddamn instruments whatsoever. And I need no help. I can no start
3: a tone.
0: But, but, okay, but, all right, but you could then just say, you know, and because, and, uh, I always appreciate your point, without question. But then you could just say, then just why not sit in a room in the dark and and become one? You then can why do whatever you, you want. Out of, you know, of doing the
1: counters, getting up in the morning. The point to life is really more about whatever whatever gratification you get out of it. I mean, okay. it's your life, and, and you only get the kind of gratification that you feel. And if you live your life without um, feeling any gratification, you're doing it wrong, and you should change something in your life uh, that gets you to the point where you're like, like, like people say all the time, if you 11, wouldn't do 11, your job for okay. free, you shouldn't do it. Okay, but don't you think that, that part of the gratification of life that
0: has uh, been tried, that people have tried to take away from us, is um, the satisfaction that comes from self-reliance. Um, and, and part of being self-reliant is being able to figure out your problems, um, whether they be, you know, with uh, a carburetor, um, a vacuum that you're trying to get the right pitch out of, um,
1: you know, or, or, or a code, a program. Well, well that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Uber, on uh, which Glenn's going to get pissed that we're bringing Uber up again. But whatever, Glenn, you know, settle down. Um, but, like, back with Good. Uber, what we talked about yeah. on uh, Sidetracked, like, an hour and a half ago, um, that was a solution. And it's a big solution to a lot of problems, especially in big cities. You know, it, it cuts down the traffic. It cuts down, uh, you know, smog emissions which everybody would be happy with who, who the fuck on earth would not be happy with like if you said hey this is <laughs> going to cut down on 40 percent of taxi smog all right who who on earth would go no i don't want that i want the taxi smog please let me have the taxi smog i want the taxis to you're going to cut down 40 percent on taxis emitting fucking uh, emissions into the air No. They're all everybody on Earth is going to say, no, that sounds great. That's a great idea. You just invented something amazing. Yeah, I mean,
0: you you said on on blue vineyard
1: oak, fucking Uber is a win-win.
0: How could they possibly in California of all yeah. states propose to out outlaw it? Um, Shadow Uber is cell phone based, absolute GPS cell based um, technology. Um, they're trying to outlaw it.
1: Um, have you ever used Uber?
3: Yeah, I've used both Uber and Lyft. I love them.
1: How was it, using Uber? What was it, what was your experience? Can you go through it with us?
3: Yeah, it's real simple. I go, hmm, I'm high. I don't have (laughs) munchies. I want to go somewhere. Fuck, I don't have a car. So I pull out my fucking phone. I tap on an icon. I say, give me a ride, and he goes, okay, and then it tells me, hey, your ride's here, sir. I go outside, I get in the car, I tell this strange person, hey, I want to go here for food. Go to the drive-thru. He goes, okay, take me home. I hit, I'm done with my drive. I pay the fucker. Give him a tip if I choose. Go home. Eat monkeys. Great day ever. Yeah, I mean, mean,
0: like, you you could not get more self-reliant. Um, without think, think having involve think yourself about. with, with uh, dispatchers, with calling, you know, a cab company, deciding if you're going to. I mean, it is incredibly simple and straightforward. We, and yeah. Well, we we the have Uber the technology the to phase out. Cab. in cities, people say call an Uber, You know, pick up your phone and Uber. They don't say call a taxi anymore.
1: Right. Um, well, and we we have the tech to phase out taxis forever. And I know there's... I mean, it's a job. Yeah, it's a job. Taxis are a job. But this is a job, too. And the same people who drive taxis can do this job. So, and, and I don't see it eliminating the job. It just moves the job.
0: Dude, I... I when I heard that California was going to move to make Uber illegal, I had just gotten back from D.C., um... All my boys in D.C., they, like Shadow said, they literally just take their phone out of their pocket. They hit the Uber app thing. They said they enter their – they don't even have to enter their GPS. They're all, like, plugged into the GPS. They have their location enabled. They hit it. It comes in five minutes. Um, It's a regular car. Um, And from the other side, from an employment opportunity, um, you know, okay, so – there might, there, there possibly could be a fair argument um, to say, okay, whoa, all these cab drivers who paid crazy, fucking, like quarter of a million dollars, three hundred thousand, three hundred fifty thousand dollars for cab shields in urban area from L.A. to D.C. to New York, especially New York, can now go online, apply to be an Uber driver. They get paid 15 to $18 an hour. It's pretty um, good. Um, plus the tips. Um, and yeah. they're independent contractors, so they can declare in taxes what they want to or what they don't want <laughs> to do their own business.
1: Um, sounds perfect. It's,
0: a, it's like a dream job, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so they will take it away from us and uh you know it it's uh, it, you know we're often in in sync and and but we often argue about small little ethical and existential points but uh it was it was when when I turned on your show tonight and you were talking about uber, I was like this is nuts man like uh you know because I was in d c and it's become more and more evident
1: that this is the the, this is taxi now right this is the word for taxi uber um well like and uh, the first place i ever heard of uber i'm kind of embarrassed to say this but because i like i said i don't even have a cell phone i don't have one i have no need for one um i'm probably going to get one here shortly based on my position at, at work uh but that's work provided i have it For that reason, outside of work, I really have no uh, no necessity to have one. Um, But, anyways, like I first heard of Uber from the show Franklin and Bash. Do you know the show?
2: Franklin and Bash.
1: Yeah, it's a lawyer type show with the the guy from Saved by the Bell, who is Zach, and then uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but he's in a bunch of movies. um, Really short.
0: Saved by the Bell.
1: Yeah, I did. I referenced Saved by the Bell. You remember Saved by the <laughs> I Bell? I love you. Yeah. Was, was
0: the nerdy guy in a porn? No,
1: yep. I don't know. Was he? This is the first I've heard of that. When you said that, no, I don't know this. Because yeah. Zach,
0: like
3: Zach was like the popular dude, and then he had that
0: nerdy
1: Correct.
3: friend with like the afro. Hey,
1: and, and guys,
2: street,
3: check this out. Streets. Street, how many street. of y'all remember? How many of y'all remember the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Yeah, I, I was there, the dude. I was I there when
1: it was first. The Red,
3: Ranger, the Red Ranger is in gay porn.
0: <laughs>
3: let, me be the first
1: to, well, let me be the first to say in this conversation that that's not very surprising at all.
3: No, it's not, but fuck your childhood is my point. Right? It, it, right exactly.
1: It's all it kind of doesn't because, you know, I kind of felt that way the whole time. I was like, there's something about him. He's not legitimate. I don't know what it is, but he's not ones, legitimate.
2: And besides, I mean, really, the Power Rangers is well. I hate to say it, pretty gay. Yeah,
1: they're right. Gay. Yeah, not yeah. to not they, to you know play into that stereotypical calling things gay thing, but yeah, Power Rangers are kind of gay.
3: Well, they, I mean, they did wear spandex, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. if yep. you wear spandex, spandex you know, no,
3: those were called their power suits, and they they did the power suit thing. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Now shout wait out. a minute. Like, so I first heard of Uber on that show though, Franklin and Bash. Where uh, fucking uh, I don't know his real. I don't even know his real name. I was gonna say Zack Snyder. That's his name on Saved by the Bell, I think. <laughs> but like, he's on the show Franklin and Bash, right? He's a lawyer, and they defended a guy who got in trouble because
0: um,
1: he was an Uber driver. And the person he was transporting was committing crimes, like, at each location that she was going to. So he was, like, driving her around, and at each stop she was, like, stealing a lot of shit that was really expensive. And so they indicted both of them and said, like, he was in cahoots with them. And it was pretty hard to prove, like, that he wasn't. I mean, it comes, down to a, it comes down to a jury of your peers. There's no way else to prove it, other than saying, it's, like, I mean, do
0: was, people actually the, believe it? This was the, the the passenger committing crimes, right? Yeah. So in 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 the whole California thing, you will hear about something happening in D.C. where an Uber driver was was robbing banks on his on his pickups, and He robbed, like, three in a week, and on the third one, uh, he started getting tailed by cops, and he had, like, two hipsters, you know, a couple in the back. And my man um, maintained his composure, maintained all traffic laws while the cops are behind him, lights on, and his passengers are starting to question his uh, authenticity legitimacy as a driver, and he just kept on. And he got them all the way home and then was arrested, tased, thrown down on the cement, and arrested. But he got his fare home. So don't let them spin that, that what happened in D.C. the wrong way with this Uber thing in
1: California. But that's well. And anybody listening, you know, the the point is that pop culture is going to paint in a certain way, and don't don't listen to it. I think everybody should be that way. Nobody should listen to pop culture. Pop pop culture is not pop culture anymore. Pop culture is now government designated culture. You forgot about the private sector. What private sector? The private sector that makes
3: all the monies.
1: If they're incorporated, it's not private at all.
0: Well, and Shadow, what I thought you meant with the private sector was like your sector, like, you know, what you're working
3: on. You're more private
1: than anybody. We don't have a pop culture.
3: We have social media, and we take our fucking voice out there, and then people go, oh, you're a troll. You're an asshole. So, it's always fun.
1: (laughs) Well, anything that's incorporated, though, uh, by law, a, a corporation is a person, it's a human entity, and that's how it's viewed in the court. I, it, I completely,
3: so, I understand that, but I personally disagree with that 100%. Oh, it, it has a no it, it a has part. no
1: if ands, or buts about agreement or not. This is how our government operates from day one, this is how it was well. from 1776 <laughs> on. We've had corporate law, and I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying the whole time, this has been the shittiest government ever invented. And we've uh, never had it right. To a degree, there
3: are things that were, were never perfect when they were made. But our government, our Constitution at least, has one of the greatest abilities in the world. It has the ability to be amended.
1: And If you get depends. the right people in, then you if, can't do that now. If you do,
3: yes. That is the caveat. You have to get the person behind the lawmaking decisions. Who's actually for the people and not for corporations, not for big military industrial complex, not for social justice movements and shit like that. You know, if you can get somebody who genuinely gives a flying fuck about legacy and the powerful legacy that we have the opportunity to leave behind, then you have the opportunity to pave the way for a brighter future.
1: But then you've got all of the obstacles. There's, there's numerous obstacles because, first off, We have a multi-powers system, you know, like it's supposed to be checks and balances. The truth is it's not checks and balances, it's multi-powers. It helps keep the people out of government. And it's painted as, hey, this is so that this system can't fuck up the other system and everything's okay." okay. The truth is, no, it just keeps everybody out. And we don't get to choose everything. We think, oh, we're, like, democratic. And I don't know where the fuck people get off thinking we're democratic. We're nowhere near democratic. No, we're a we republic. Elect, we, yeah, we're a republic. We elect certain people, but we got no fucking say in all the other branches.
3: The uh, you word know, we were originally looking for, by the way, was democracy.
1: Yeah, well, that's what we're not. Exactly. We're not, yeah, actually, we're not a democracy. And like even the democracy is horrible, a democracy's not good anyways, because then it's just 51 percent can fuck over the 49 percent. And how is that? Exactly. morally conscionable, it's not.
3: Well, it's kind of like to explain to children the difference between a Republican and democracy. Imagine the old <laughs> West. You have, say, uh, a murderer has killed someone, and you gather a posse to go, "Hang this motherfucker." in a democracy. If everybody votes and the majority wins, this motherfucker does not see his day in court. He gets hung right then and there on the spot. And a report, Why not
1: unanimous, though?
3: Even or. It doesn't matter.
1: It does, um, though. I think it he, does.
3: If it's unanimous, then it's unanimous. But even if one person says, I don't think that this person should be hanged, I think he should be taken to court.
1: Well, then, you, person, no, you should talk about it. Why does that guy think he shouldn't be hung? Is he just being an asshole? Right. Or do they would, actually have a valid reason? You should listen to them.
3: Well, you, you would think that would be how most people would react. However, most people are so quick to go, well, it's, you know, majority rules or it's unanimous, and they just go ahead and do it. But here in the Republic, it's like having that exact same posse, but also bringing a sheriff with you that says, all right, I know you guys really want to hang this motherfucker, but we've got rules in place that says that we still got to take his ass to court and make him do, you know, have him tried by his peers. So let's go bring his ass over. That's how we're going to handle it. Deal with it. You don't like it? You can shoot me.
1: Well, you can't shoot him. I mean, if you shoot him, then I'm talking about you're... old west laws, man. They, they did shit. Yeah, yeah. Back
0: no, I, I, and you alluded to to like a great um, analogy to uh, to a republic,
1: um, which is essentially the rule of, of lynch mob. Um, exactly. I I and, don't agree and, with either model, democracy or republic. They, no, both of them. No, I know
0: you're, you know, you, you're an anarchist. Um, yeah. In, in 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 the pure sense of the word, um, and I I tell you what what's interesting, um, Shadow and and this dude Kiri used to do, or still do a show called Rage, and one of the things I I used to enjoy about it was there was an um, an undertone of, of Subtle patriotism to it. Um, and, you know, if you follow me on Twitter or whatever, I'll knock the fuck out of this country, big time. Um, but every once it's in not, a while, it's not hard. I, 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 I do have to step back and look around the world. And uh, I might be a little spacey, but I'm, I'm well-read and uh, I like to think I'm intelligent. And it is probably the best place to live.
3: Um, well, to be honest, uh, this is anti-crisis, right? Yeah. Okay. Here's the beautiful thing about this country. You can knock us as much as you want. And even though I may not agree with some of the things that you may tweet about or say, I will defend to the death your right to say that because that is one of the privileges that we as Americans do have. And that is the freedom to say what it is that we want. If our country's fucked up,
1: yeah. speak about it. Yeah.
3: Talk about it. So become I educated totally about agree. the subject.
1: And you you know, know, I, I, even it, saying that, though, it, that's on the edge. I've seen people on Twitter defending uh, the the idea of limiting free speech. There's there's plenty of people that I see it. Not every time I get on Twitter, but I see it enough that I'm like, holy shit, it exists. There are people that believe that we should limit free speech.
0: If you reach the mature age of. Your, your neurological connection, and you haven't learned how to think critically or analytically um, and examine the construct under which you live, um, then I'm not really going to listen to you. Um, and, and that's pretty much how I answer those, they,
1: well, those. But, dude, those people don't understand what you just said. What you just said to them is like, oh, well, then you need to be forced to listen to me. That's, that's how those type of people think. They're not going to be like, oh, all right, that's cool. I'm all right with that then. They're going to be like, oh, well, then you need to be in a chair with water dripping on your forehead once well, every hour.
0: I, I say it to people with more and more frequency right to their face, and they're usually just absolutely perplexed.
2: Yeah, uh, oh, I'm
1: not surprised.
2: You no, know, no, and no, they, no. they they
0: don't have any idea how to respond to me. Um, you know, um, if somebody's just going to bring some ignorant shit my way, um, I don't. You know, I mean, do like we we have we have to leave somewhere down, um, not not in the stories we're told, but we have to. I mean, you know that that maybe our way of thinking will prevail, and yeah. this, you know the old way of thinking and sort of just this going along with uh you know Well,
1: you know what scratch that though don't call it the old way of thinking call it the we need to call it something else because it sounds old when you say it that way it's the successful way of thinking or it's the. yeah man i gotta i'm going to
3: the store
0: yeah thank you so much man thank you so much that was great that uh um, you shared what you're doing with Android, and and you're developing and and coding and programming. Thanks for uh, f- coming on.
2: Yeah. Not a problem, and, uh, man. You uh, guys have,
0: have
2: a good night. Sure. Yeah, you oh, go wait, a one one second. Um, uh, later on, maybe we can. Uh, well, actually, oh, never mind. Uh, damn it. Well, I can probably hit them up on Twitter and get him uh, get through a Skype call, and they can download uh, the mint with that. Uh, that make Oh
0: um, yeah. Yeah, I mean definitely. I'm a DXS dropped some excellent
1: knowledge on uh what's going on in uh on the Android platform. Uh yeah, I had nothing to add to this whole show. I was like this is all shit that I don't know about that I'm learning. I'm I was like learning the whole show. That was it. So I was like, yeah, I got I got nothing to add. I'm I'm listening.
0: I'm, you you know how Dalek and I roll. Um we were on before, um, and like I said, like I have followed uh, Shadow for Android information. That's how I got into this whole community, to be quite honest. Yeah. and He sounds uh, like a really yeah, smart guy, a really absolutely. great guy.
1: I mean, if he's working on Linux and all that shit, holy fuck, he's one of the dudes that's, you know, fighting a good fight, so absolutely. to speak. In the digital world, he's fighting a good fight, you know.
0: But I mean, I mean, I, like you. Like all your music is made in the digital world.
1: Like, yeah, that's your yeah, world is. too, man. It is. It is. It really is. It's. It's in a world that the music industry kind of wishes that it didn't exist, but it does, and there's nothing they can do about it because the technology is not that hard. It's not. It's not inaccessible. It's so readily accessible that they can't do shit about it.
0: I mean, you're almost as much as a Ludovic as I am, and, right. and you, you guys make music across thousands of miles on the internet, and it's fucking Did awesome. you hear
1: what I said on, on uh, tonight's show? Um, yeah. We're, we're performing um, live for the first time in years uh, here in like, Ohio.
0: I'm a pastor actually on the same stage.
1: No, we're doing it on the same stage, but Scott's not going to be here. So it's just me and the new guy. We, we found a drummer that's interested, and we're going to use him as long as he actually works. I've never played – I haven't played a lick of music with the guy. So we'll see what happens. Tomorrow he's coming over to my place. We're going to jam in the basement for like an hour or something. Because on Tuesday we're going to go to the Adelphia Music Hall in Marietta Ohio and anybody that wants to show up show up it doesn't really matter Uh, on Tuesdays they do open jams now it's usually filled with people playing guitar acoustic guitar and they cover fucking Oasis about 7,000 times and I don't understand this so I think it'll be refreshing to have you know hey it's not a guitar And not only is it not a guitar up on stage, it's a a fucking keyboard player and a drummer and a singer. This is totally different. So, you know, I'm hoping it goes good. We're going to pick some songs to do, at least, like, three songs, and I think I'll try to squeeze in maybe three more as, like, fail-safes. So if people are like, keep playing, well, then I'll have three more to do
0: okay so we'll I'm, gonna go out, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and, and you know um i am no more than a music fan um but as I've told you like i I have your guys stuff, you know in 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 my uh, playlist and and i I hear regular regularity um against um you know
1: other musicians um so you're get, saying, like, when you listen to music and, and you're, like, on shuffle and we pop up, it fits? Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying.
1: Right? I feel the same
0: way. was like, are you selling yourself short, like, playing an open... Like, you, like your guy's music is cohesive, um, it's unique, it sounds beautiful. Um,
1: are you, like, an open mic thank you. Well here's what you're looking at. Here's what, here's yeah, the yeah, truth, of the, said, here's the truth of the situation. The truth of the situation is we haven't had a drummer for years, okay? The drummer that we did have who was very loyal, he was like moving to Seattle or something and uh, I mean, he was a great guy but uh, the bass player we had kind of broke up the band because he was an asshole. and. I won't say the name or any of that shit, because he might be a cool guy now. I don't fucking care. But, um, so we lost the drummer, we lost the bass player, and then boom, it was like, well, what do we do? And then I moved to Ohio, and shit started rolling, and I was like, well, what do I do now? And I tried to find musicians, and I couldn't. It was a hard time. And then it flash forward to like, I don't know, uh, like six months ago. I was... Bartending at the Lafayette Hotel here in Marietta, Ohio, and fucking, they, were, they had a blues festival. And this kid comes up to the, one of the musicians who was getting a drink from me. I was the bartender. And the kid asks him about his brush playing style, because the, the particular drummer he's talking to was playing with brushes. And he was like, I wanted to ask you about your brush style. And that perked my ears because I was like, anybody that's serious about drumming that wants to know about how to play with brushes, this is a guy who I'm interested in because yes, I'm, it's I'm a not...
0: Po- it's, a, it's a poignant and specific question.
1: Not a lot of drummers care for brushes. Right. It's, it's, a, it's, quiet, like old, it's a quiet way to play drums. Technique. Right. It's a quiet way to play drums and there's, there's only certain songs that you can play drums to quietly and you need brushes so I was like this is, a, this is a person who might like what I'm into so I gave him my information and all that shit and he listened to our stuff and it turns out he is more picky with music than I am and he kind of reminds me of me at his age he's 24 and he's like all oh, the best music uh, was in the sixties and seventies. Everything else is shit. <laughs> and I was like, I was about that picky before. I wasn't exactly that picky. I didn't actually set a limit to say anything after the seventies was done, because Pink Floyd's really good all the way through. But I get what you're saying. And so he liked what we did, and so I was like, all right, let's 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 do this. You know, he's coming over tomorrow. I'm going to do a few songs with him, maybe three to six songs, so we'll be ready. And this is going to be the first time that any kind of blue vino music has been played live for like four or five years. No, nah, not four or five. Like three to four years. Dude,
0: that's a great That's a great story, too. So not only was he asking um, a poignant um, and pretty specific question for like a, a seasoned drummer.
1: Uh, he's young, very young. Yeah, he's going to Marietta College. He's twenty-four.
0: So, like, even more. Oh, right on for music.
1: Yeah, music was- and uh, petroleum sciences. Petroleum science.
2: Really? Huh.
1: Dude, where I live, there's a lot of fucking oil shit going on. Are you ethically comfortable with that? I don't have a choice, dude. I don't I, have a choice. I, I say that tongue-in-cheek, man. You know. No, children, and I'm, I'm telling you the God's honest truth. I don't have a choice. Yeah. If I had my way, if I had my way, then all of the villagers would tear down all of the DuPont plants and shit around here and burn them to the ground forever, and they would say... You will get the fuck out of here forever, and you will never be here again. Along all right. with uh, whatever else, all the other plastic plants that are around here. But all right, Vino, we have twenty
0: minutes left. We have to delve into this topic. Dalek, indulge me, please. The Georgia Guide Zone. Um, my, have we not? Have we not talked
1: about the Georgia? Guide not zone? on air.
0: Just, just, via, just via twatter. Um, all right. But, but, but but my uncle and uh,
1: aunt who live in Macon, Georgia. Um, have been visiting Macon, Georgia, dude. That's out of a fucking Leon Russell song, man.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I mean, that's where Macon, uh, Georgia. I've not known anyone that's ever lived in Macon, Georgia. Oh, they have... What the uh, hell is the song? Um, they, I mean, they
0: have like a... Uh, a, a, a so many great musicians who came
1: right out of Macon, Georgia. Well, it's like uh, Queen of the Roller Derby, I think. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Queen I of the Roller I think the song Derby. is Queen of the Roller Derby because uh, he's, uh, Leon Russell wrote the song and I think there's a line in it that's like, uh, I've been, something like, I've been doing dishes down in Macon, Georgia and something, something, something. I can't remember the, the rest of it and then it goes into the chorus, Queen of the Roller Derby. But, you might
0: look that up. If you're I from mean, they there. have like a real—they uh, have a rich uh, Southern tradition, but they have—they um, have been to the Georgia guidestones, and my uncle Pat, in particular, um, who is a very rational man, um, and he brought up some of the same points you did about the Georgia guidestones. Um, okay and And one thing that I wanted to add to our conversation and to bring bring everybody up to speed, um my my side of the argument was that there's nothing irrational or alarming um, written in the Georgia Guide songs. It's actually all very common sense um, and and Vito's angle was, well, you know you can't you can't get to five hundred million um with common sense. there's going to be a lot of Sort of bloodshed and and carnage and yeah, uh, a and lot of genocide um, to get there um, now, my uncle Pat brought in an interesting point that I had never heard was that the local lore the local legend is um, that that the the uh, that are written on the Georgia guidestones were. Um, intended to be post-nuclear holocaust um, of the 80s, Cold War. Um, really? Uncooperated, unverifiable at this point. Um, but it does bring that, that that 500 million number into some context.
1: However, why still have them?
0: Well, I, I mean, this is the thing, like... Uh, and why yeah, so many why, languages? Well, I, 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 my leading, I mean, you know, I, my leading theory is, is good old fashioned law. Like it's some wealthy fucking Georgia redneck. There's, you know, a lot of, a lot of granite quarries right, right there in the, re, in the region. And there are not a lot of granite quarries in the South. Um, there were some guys who made a lot of money. They were Baptist. They were heavily Christian. Um, and, and I think also one of the things we talked about, but they, you know, they don't, um, there's no there's no uh, like power behind them.
2: Okay. Um, just out of curiosity, the isn't like the Georgia, like... isn't the Go Georgia ahead, Guidestones, isn't the Georgia Guidestones like almost like right next to uh, uh, what's that place called? Jekyll Island?
0: Um, it's a little a little bit south but not too far yeah jekyll island is is in georgia um like three miles That's the up
2: coast, coast of coast, georgia
0: in between uh Macon and savannah uh
1: south of like Kiowa, um, uh south carolina um, well, but what is and, the, what does that all matter what is that i mean like aside from jekyll island i understand that but before the um, Jekyll Island shit, I, what does I, it matter? I, I mean, it's a, it's a bunch of stones that basically say, "It'd be great if we murdered the living shit out of ninety percent of people." No, we, I did not say that. Okay, here this maintain. Here no, okay, it, so what is it, your we, idea of the word maintain? To maintain, we're not there. So, Ebola. maintain is you. If, if you're going to maintain your car, right? And I said, hey. Your car is fucking 90% not maintained, and you need to fix this right now. Or you're going to not have a car. Then you go, what do I got to do? And you would do whatever the fuck you had to do to get your car back up to speed. Right. So maintain means, yeah, you take care of the shit right now. Because you're not maintaining it now, and you need to do it. So, yeah, no, it definitely means a holocaust. A genocide, a something, because a
2: something.
1: ninety-two point whatever percent of humans need to die to fit that formula. Yeah, I have to admit, after like we started on our little debate, I like look
3: look back and I was like, God
0: damn,
1: five hundred million, boy, that's a that's a uh, that's a haircut. Um, um, compare, yeah, but, compared but, to you know we got like seven something billion, right, but, but and you got
0: to get rid yeah. of most of them. Now, okay, now let's, let's take this in sort of our live and let live anarchist philosophy. Um, would it be easier to maintain an equilibrium um, that more aligned with our values with uh, um, a population that made more sense uh, in regards to our resources? Um, and uh, our living space um, than it does now. I mean, with this many people isn't government mandated. Maybe not in Ohio, maybe not in Vermont,
1: well, maybe not in Colorado. if you're asking, if you're, I, it sounds like you're trying to get, like, the long way around to saying would this many people be alive if we did it a different way.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I don't think this many people would be alive. I don't. I don't think that we'd have uh, almost 8 billion people if we had a lifestyle where there was no government at all. Um, I think that... And and people think this is a bad thing, and they think, oh, that sounds horrible. But I think that stupid people would die off so fast that we'd have a lower population.
0: I mean, in, and, and if you just look at demographics and, and the way populations uh, explode, um, wherever there is the most rigid institution, whether it be the Catholic Church, whether it be welfare, whether it be, uh, you know, some other crazy form of fundamental religion,
1: that's well, where the same is. Well, the same, same goes explode. if you erase, if you erase mm-hmm. religion. I honestly think the population would go down naturally.
2: Did well, you, you could just erase
1: Catholicism it? and the population would, would probably be 3, 4 billion. Probably. Well, probably. Just, because, just because Catholicism promotes large families? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, I think it was just like 3 or 4 months ago that they finally said that using a fucking
0: jimmy was okay. A rubber. Like, right, right.
1: Yeah, I mean, they called you know, it, look it look a it. Jimmy. Is that what they said? Exactly. Using they said, a Jimmy, no. it's all right. It's fucking. Yeah. The pope got we're there we're from nineteen forty-two.
2: Yeah, using F- a
1: Jimmy, it's all right. He's like, FYI, Jimmys are okay. Go crazy. And and none of the fucking kids of today understood what the fuck they said. <laughs> hence large family. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but no, but I mean, well, I mean, shit. Yeah, they you tried. Know, church is is response for population explosion in the parts of the world where it's least needed. Now,
1: the, wait, the Catholic Church is weird. The Catholic fucking church is really That's fucking weird. Now, let me tell you from the perspective <laughs> of a guy who, myself, I have no religion, none at all. I don't I don't care for it. Never did. I read a bunch about what it. About, what about your mom and dad? Well, my mother and father were both Christians um, my dad, I guess, was Baptist. I don't know what my mom considers herself. But either way, um, I went to church as a kid, and the whole time I listened and thought it was all bullshit. And to this day, I think it's still bullshit. And I read the Bible, the the New Testament. I have not read the Old Testament. And I know some people are like, oh, that's your problem. And I'm like, okay, well, then your problem is that you want OSX 10 and you're not okay with OSX 6.
2: What the fuck is wrong with you?
1: You're a faggot, and you need to quit. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. You don't understand the way I think. You're a faggot. But not a faggot like gay. You're a faggot like a bundle of sticks. I think that people are literally a bundle of sticks. So anyone who's like, hey, you can't say faggot, I'm like, no, I'm talking about a bundle of sticks. I think that people are a lot like a bundle of sticks. In their head, yeah, the the cigarette, like Brett's
0: use it. They're like, hey, let me get a fag. Uh, I go, I go there a few, because you know sometimes when I'm out of like my internet element and I say that, people look at me like, oh lord, what did you just say? Uh, <laughs> it slips from time to time, you know, like in my peer group, and they're like, oh my god, what did you just say? Uh, uh, uh,
1: I uh, I went rounds with someone the other day on the word nigger. And I have no problem saying the word nigger because, for one, I'm not racist, and two, words are stupid. I'm sorry, but words are a basic human contraption because we're not telepathic. We we have words because we suck at communicating otherwise. We so we invented control. words to be able to be like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't tell someone. Can you pick that thing up and give it to me over here? Because, shit, I can't tell you how to do that without using some kind of words. So because I,
0: I, I, of that, I, 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 words I, don't, don't really matter. TV last week, I, I, I oh. got to witness oh. um, yeah. uh, like a discussion amongst, uh educated black guys my age and um educated black kids well,
2: with internet
0: age and um the whole topic was about and this is how strong stories are I still don't like to say that word um, and um it, what you're saying w- was the the thesis of like the young people's um you know it wasn't mm. an argument um and uh, I, it was interesting because, like, all these, you know, boundaries that are broken on the Internet, like, that's, like, the one hang-up, that word, I, I still sort of maintain. Um, and it's not what? that I'm intolerant of it. It's just that
1: I don't feel comfortable saying it myself. Right. Um, right. Well, yeah, saying, saying nigger sounds horrible. And yeah, it's weird and, because and I like, also have a Pablo. It's different. Like it, it, to me, it's the same thing as like, um, if I were to say, I threw a fucking stove at a human and killed them. Well, then you'd be like, "Fuck, dude, you just killed somebody with a stove. You're a murderer. You're a horrible person." But if I just said, um, "This cabinet's a nigger." then the truth is, like, okay, well, sir, am I saying that the cabinet annoys me like a a black person? First off, the truth is, no, the word doesn't even fit, and it's bullshit. But what's more important is the fact that words are just an ease of communication, Yes. So seen, what if, what if I, I could communicate to a black person that I hated them by calling them something else, but it was effective? Well, then I don't need the word nigger. I need something else that worked. What if I called them something else, and it worked, and they were pissed, and they were fucking like, Oh, he called me a fucking a cowfish okay, cunt. Okay, well, Where he, called question, me a fucking, he called me a fucking, fucking seahorse cunt.
0: But That's if, what he called. If, Did
1: you hear that? He called me a seahorse cunt? That fucker? And then okay, he'd be all mad it's, and if shit. A white, or something.
0: If a white person elicited the same, like, guttural, visceral reaction from you, would you reach for the same
1: uh, pejorative? The well, same here's use? my question. Why, why is it that white people don't fucking give a shit what you call us? I mean, uh, I'm, uh, na- I'm, I'm, I'm Native American and I'm white. I'm a mix. I'm not exactly 50-50, but I'm white and Native American. Those are both of the two prominent things in my bloodline.
2: And you don't don't, exactly
1: see Native Americans eating at a fucking Denny's because there's so many of us, and we don't have a lot to bitch about. And people don't ever say, like, hey, you know, like, nobody bitches about Native Americans because you don't see them in a fucking restaurant.
0: Oh, but I mean
2: they do. Like, people do bitch about Native Americans. I'm just trying to figure this out because it's not actually the blue thing. Say that, Alec? Oh, uh, not much. I'm just uh, talking to your old mama, Alec. Do you want to say hi? Um. um
0: like, your, your mm-hmm. point about words, like, it, yeah,
2: it's right, right on.
0: Uh, at some point, we need to divorce the syntax mm-hmm. that holds us down and migrate to something else. Uh, and, a, you know, a good analogy is a new operating system. Um, and, uh, you know, you cannot move past, Uh, your current state of being with the language that has brought you to that state of being. Your linguistics, your syntax, your way of
1: communication. Um, Well, like, at what point do we say racism is gone? I mean, like, let's say we go 500 years into the future and it's just like now. And we go, hey, racism's gone. And then black people go, no, it isn't because fucking, you remember when 695 years ago, there was uh, slavery? Yeah, We go, do, really, I, dude, I, really? I exactly it was 695 that. years ago. That's a long fucking time. We abolished it. Why don't you let it go? Why don't you fucking stop? And I'm not saying okay. it wasn't uh, atrocious. It was atrocious. It really no, no, was. I do. I, I
0: totally, get, I do get your sentiment. I mean, absolutely. Are like, if, At some point, Somebody needs to feel some discomfort to get from this point to the next point, um, you know. So maybe a lot of this, you know, sort of uh, these, these pangs you see in, in, you know, police violence, Ferguson, et cetera, you know, are part of the painful process of divorcing one lexicon and adopting another. Uh, right. Right. And uh, yeah, and I, I mean, your point about like the language is, is absolutely, like if you keep calling something, um, well, like uh, language wise, and over, and it'll become an idol, right? So now racism is an idol. You know, people, kids are white, liberal kids are spoon it in kindergarten. Um, so how can you move away from, from, from that? whole mental thing if the first thing you do when you wake up is think about the differences um, you know and, and you know to, to get like from the sixty or you know let's go back to you know emancipation from there which clearly was an absolute abomination to um, you know uh,
2: Jim Crow up to the Civil Rights Movement and I know I'm going out of the limb here, but um